All right, everybody, this week's episode of The Beat is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Obviously, football season is over, but college basketball season is just getting started. Michigan and Michigan State uh, will round out their December schedule before kicking into Big Ten play. Actually, some Big Ten games early this month. So uh, for game time, great example would be to go in there, find a game at Chrysler Breslin Center. You find your seat, get the panoramic picture, uh, buy a ticket and two taps for you and your friend or whoever else you're going with, and you're good to go. That easy. Uh, you could do a lot of things in your. I wish you could do a lot of things in your life with two taps, right? I write 56 bags of leaves. I wish I could get that done in two taps, but you can't. You can do it with tickets, NBA, MLB, NFL, whatever else, concert. And theater tickets as well. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome back to another episode of The Beat. Here in Ann Arbor, I'm Nick Baumgartner along with Brendan Quinn. Brendan, how are we doing? Oh, I'm just wonderful. Back Nick. from the road. Back from the road. Back from the islands. You were uh, yeah. in Maui, right? A little Maui, got a little tan. How much golf did you play? Three rounds. Okay. Did you play it in that uh, that one there in Lahaina, the one that they played the PGA? The plantation course at Kapalua? No, that was uh, it was supposed to happen, and there were some technical difficulties. Was there other ones? I'm sure there's other ones out there. There's the one. Yeah, just, there's some pretty good the courses. the giant one right there. That drive by uh yeah you're thinking of um the the plantation course at Kapalua is the main one where they host the pga tour event but yeah i did not get out there but played three rounds score dropped each of the three rounds so uh is that the last round you're gonna play for a while no i'm playing on sunday here what the the temperature ten, is it ten, gonna be? 10 40 tea time at washington 10 <laughs> 40 it's gonna be what is it gonna be snowing out Frozen ground? It said 45 degrees, so all right. we got a group that's, together. That's we're, the gonna, we're gonna get it in. It's all good. Jesus. How are you doing, man? Psychos. Not playing golf at 1040 uh, <laughs> in the freezing cold. I'm good. Football season's over, as everyone knows. Came to a uh, unceremonious halt. A little bit. As I'm sure we'll get into. We decided today to do the mailbag episode. You dressed up for the event. Uh, well, it's half dressed up. <laughs> we decided today to, to do the mailbag show because... First, I was like, "Well, we can do a basketball episode," and then both the basketball teams got destroyed <laughs> uh, on the same night in back-to-back situations. I'm sure there's questions in the mailbag for both. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, well, "We could do some football," but Michigan, obviously, we, you know, I'm not sure what else to discuss on that one other than we've already discussed Austin and I, and then Michigan State is uh, another topic altogether. Another topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Interesting times. It came into the week. I'm like, "Oh, times. baby, man, the beat is heating up." We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be yeah. selling some subs. We got all the attention. The football teams are just kind of floating off into the toward the horizon line, and here comes time for hoops, and they both just get well, hammered on the same night. Same night, yeah. uh, and both in marquee games, of course. Yes, you know, number one versus back to back. What was Michigan <laughs> unranked to number four? To number four. That has to be the biggest. Is that the biggest jump? Like I think it was tied for the biggest or right. something like that. I don't know. I can't remember ever seeing that. How useless is the preseason 
Uh, top 25 college basketball poll I don't understand. And football I don't understand why it still exists. Why polls exist, period, anymore. No offense to the AP or our or old Larry Lage or whatever. I mean, it used but to be like, just for fans. God. Or, I mean, like, the people would say it's just for fans, but, I mean, I feel like that just turns into people getting angry, so I'm not sure what... I just, just like, what like does. we have computers to do this now. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't... It's just... un. Necessary. Yeah, I think we should all just go by whatever Ken Palm says. And just yeah, agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Ken Palm's got Michigan 13, Michigan State 4. Eh. Well, so there's still preseason ratings. Yeah. are still kind of right. built Waited into in it. But, um, I mean, Michigan State skewed. still does have, I think, like a top 15 offense and defense. Um, yeah. Well, no, they got number one offense, number 27 defense. They're down to 27 defense. I guess that's what happens when uh, yeah. you get... Yeah. Freaking lit up by Duke, but Michigan's got thirty-eight offense, nine defense. Yeah, which uh-huh. sounds about right. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, polls are dumb, but who cares? Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> we decided to, to do the mailbag instead because uh, that would that way it'd be a potpourri of uh, questions, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, They're all over the map. I just got, I got a, some. We got them. a few. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Sure, I'll start. Well, Go here's the thing: we got to address the thing that oh, you know, they'll give the people what they want. Okay, is uh. One of the questions from Larry Oplowski. Yeah. What was Nick Baumgartner's press box story from oh, Michigan? God. <laughs> Michigan's it really wasn't anything other than, like, that's, that really got blown out of proportion because you were like, you are going to tell this story. Yeah, story. I, I hate to disappoint, but, I mean, it was more or less, so it was the Jalen Watts-Jackson game, right? The punt. Yes. So that, you know, it was at Michigan Stadium – there, let's just say that there are a lot of people inside press boxes for all games mm-hmm. who are reporters, and we'll use the quotes that are you know, chair, you know, they're fans, fans, fans you know. and so, but especially so for Michigan, Michigan State, yeah. because usually it's just fans of the home and team large, in the press box. And by but here and large, you have both sides represented, yeah. and by and large in those type of games, people keep it together up there, you know, I somewhat mean, for, for the most part. I think that, that that people respect the situation of people trying to work and it's not really supposed to be a, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you're supposed to be up there drinking beer and bumping your fist. <laughs> um, but, you know, when that happened and it was such a shocking thing, I do remember a lot of, like, shouting. I remember a lot of, like, excited shouting. Yeah. I don't even know where it came from because you're looking at the field. And then you turn around and you see like excited faces and devastated faces and like a mixture of both. <laughs> both of the SID staffs were gone because I didn't know who Jalen Watts Jackson was. I didn't know what this person, I didn't know who he was because he wasn't a guy. He was just a special teams guy. Right. He was a young kid. And so he's taking off and I'm like, well, I don't even know who that guy is. I turn around. Michigan's SIDs have left. Michigan State's have left. Michigan State's coaches are like, having a party in the hallway as they ride the elevator. A bunch of media members are like, they don't know what to do. And I'm like, who is this guy who returned this touchdown? No one has an answer. Because And then they dogpile on him right in the end zone. Right. And like, I'm like, not only do I not know who this guy is, but now I'm like, he looks like he's injured. Is he hurt? Yeah. Right. So you're like, I'm trying to write like the game story of what's going on here. It was just a total mess right. um, of epic proportion. I can remember some... Very happy people and some very devastated people all in this, like, mm-hmm. that was it, really. It wasn't anything. It was just everything that you would think was happening in that moment times right. way more than it normally right. would be. 
It's still one of my regrets. A lot that of I was excited. Oh my god! And then a lot of like horrified, like oh my god! You right. know, like I'm, it was. I'm it sure was a, a fair mixture a, of both. A lot of the single or double claps that like the person who just couldn't control. Like, that yeah, hand probably a clap. few. Yeah. yeah, probably a few more than normal. Yes. You know, yes. more than the more than the first down to salt it. You know, because mm-hmm. that that'll often happen. Yeah. You know, you even in even when Michigan will play uh, like at Ohio State because it's the same there, same there where it's the split mm-hmm. you know you'll hear Ohio State will punch a first down and you'll hear a god damn <laughs> <laughs> you know or something like that so you get it it happens and a lot of times those are people that work for the school too so yes anyway that's all that was it wasn't anything more uh, juicy than that but uh, sorry to disappoint if that was the in fact the question so uh, was that what your, that was your first one that was my first all question right. yeah go for it um all right, we'll go. We'll start with this one. Andrew says, "What is your favorite beer slash drink, uh, and the best hole in the wall water hole that you have found during your days traveling on the beat? Either beat. Wow. What's your favorite beer or drink, and then your best uh, bar in the Big Ten? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, my I'm a Guinness Jameson kind of guy. Yeah. Shot in a beer. Uh, Shot in a beer. Pretty simple stuff. Um, if not, I. I, I'm I'm fine going cheap. I'm an IPA man uh, you these are. days. You are. Um, usually the hoppier the better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and those you can find just about anywhere anymore. So yep. I'm yep. fine with that. Yeah, I do the. Uh, I like a hams. I like a hams. I like a highlight. Yeah, all right. I go. With, I go with the if good. You want the light? The really, swill. If you're really trying to get get a few in there. Yeah, for, you know, <laughs> if I'm in a if I'm in a mood that I'm like, be there for a while. I think I'd rather have like maybe eight or nine of these. You know, that, that's, we'll go high life. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much my jam. Uh, that's my go-to on the golf course for sure. Um, that and a little flask of maybe some bullet bourbon. Like, you know what I really like, like? A bullet bourbon is um, all pale ales also. So like IPAs and the regular pale ales. Mm-hmm. And uh, Odd Sides makes a uh, Citra pale ale. It's a yellow yeah. label. I'm sure you've seen it. There, those are. If I see those somewhere, and you can find those in most liquor stores, whatever. If it's on tap, then that's always a good one for me. Best uh, bar that you've been to, or watering hole, or I guess food place. I'm not good at remembering names, which yeah, probably tells you a lot. That's what I was trying to think here, because like, <laughs> I've been to a lot. I can't think of any that, like, I mean, a f- I'm sure there's a few other like, uh, that you have to go to if you're somewhere. What's the one in West Lafayette? Is that like 12 Brothers or something? Oh, the Brothers? Irish place? The Irish place? Yeah, that's not bad. Um, There's a bunch... There's a bunch of good little spots actually in Columbus. I know nobody on this podcast is gonna like to hear that, but there's a good number of them there. Was uh, Madison? I don't remember the name of the place, but it's the one everybody goes has been to in Madison. The one down on the square there with the curd cheese curds and everything. Uh, I've just been. I just go down the road <laughs> in, Wisconsin, in, in Madison. <laughs> there's a ton. It's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's a great place. Uh, I like. I remember like. Rex Road is a guy one? who would have yeah. like this like encyclopedic knowledge of like yeah. all of the places that he'd been. Like, you know, there's the like the go to like the bar in the Big Ten is probably the Slippery Noodle in Indianapolis, yeah. <laughs> which like every guy. Yeah, but I don't think that's what <laughs> every guy and gal who has been around media in the Big Ten like has oh, like God. multiple Slippery yeah. Noodle stories that are usually terrible. Yeah, not, um, it's not a great bar. Yeah. It's just there and one of the early like times in in our uh, time knowing each other was when I was almost. Accosted you by were, some Kentucky yeah. fans in the, in the noodle. Uh, in the noodle, that was for the what the Elite, Elite Eight, Eight or whatever. The yeah. Elite Eight game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I came walking up from the back, and it was like you and like 
uh, I think Neo from the uh, news, a, there, yeah. a couple other guys, and I'm like, yeah. hey, oh, fellas, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> we, I might be getting in a fight. I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need some backup here. And you're all very confused. <laughs> that is a famous one. That's one that everybody goes to for uh, one time or another. I don't know. I don't. I don't like for food. There's a lot of good place like Minneapolis is a great place because there's just so many well yeah there's just so, so many, many places. cool places yeah. I always tell people now that my favorite Big Ten trips are, the, are Rutgers and Maryland because you can just go to Manhattan or uh, or D.C. <laughs> because it's just like they're right there I mean I stay in D.C. for uh, for Maryland and Rutgers yeah. you can stay in Newark and just take the train in yeah I'd say uh, I really like Minneapolis because it's the train from the airport in yeah, the town is awesome. There's great, great bars. There's a great Irish bar in Minneapolis that I've been to like four or five times and don't know don't the, know name, the of, name of it. Either. But um, <laughs> I like Wisconsin a lot. I like Minneapolis a lot. Uh, downtown Lincoln is pretty cool. Um, mm. I've been there in a few years. Penn State's terrible. Yeah, it's tough. Penn um, State's a tough one. Yeah. We also, for football, you can't stay there, so it's even more tough. Mm-hmm. You're staying in like the woods. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, so or the mountains. But there's a lot. I don't know if I if I could single one out. Um, like the famous, you know, like another indie, St. Elmo's. We actually did that last time. Michigan was in, in it's Indy, the, right? That's where expense accounts that's, go to that's, die. That's, that's an expensive. <laughs> meal, so, uh, all right, next one. Okay, um, this is from Neil. Please compare, contrast, covering college basketball versus football. Is one harder than the other? Are there any additional hoops to jump through with one versus the other? Some behind the scenes on what the press has to go through that the public might not be aware of. I'll let you start off. Yeah, football. I think I, I, think I know where you're going to take this. Football is much more <laughs> difficult, uh, and not just because it's what I do, and I'm just going to say that, even if it wasn't. But <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. I think it's more difficult um, for a few reasons. Yeah, sorry. Uh, number one, there's more eyes on it, generally. Mm-hmm. Number two, and most importantly... Football coaches and basketball coaches are very different, yes. generally. Football coaches are militaristic and, like, buttoned up and, you know, paranoid, I guess, maybe is probably the right word. I don't know if there's anything else less than that. So the access is generally just miserable. Um, they can be very combative um, and not willing to participate in things if it's not. And basketball coaches can, too, but I just find it... Basketball, in my experience, has always been more relaxed, um, good or bad, if winning or losing. Now, we don't cover Kentucky or Indiana right. or Duke. Right. I don't know how those are. but for, And maybe that's just because I cover Michigan football and mm-hmm. recently Michigan State. But even that is more buttoned up than Michigan State basketball. Yeah, and Michigan I, State basketball is a big deal, too. So I mean, like you, you can't have the conversation without like kind of talking about the differences also in the seasons. Because sure. You know the football games. Everything is such a freaking ordeal, yeah. and you know it's just the weight of the world game. on every game. And and basketball is just different. It's just one to the next to the next to the next to the next. Yeah. Um, you know, I just covered three in seventy-two hours. Yeah, we're all sort and, of just building toward the end. You know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. You know, like Michigan State right now. If this is football, you know, this would be the equivalent of starting out zero and two in a mm-hmm. season that you were like preseason top ten, and your season's over. You're like, yeah. well. Okay, we're not going to the playoff. What are they yeah. playing for? It's all over. We're just and this go through the motions for ten more weeks. Burn the yeah. building down because <laughs> what's the point of any of this? You know, mm-hmm. and you know Michigan State now they can still go sixteen and four in the Big Ten and be yeah. a number two seed in the big in the NCAA tournament and win a national right. championship. You know, it's right. everything is still on the table. So um, that's the big difference. I agree with you on people. I think basketball people are just. 
man, it's just different. You know, you talk differently. Everyone's just way more chill. You can just go. Yeah. You can just go up to guys anywhere and start conversations. It's like there's way more um, like common bond among basketball people. I feel like. Um, yeah, it's got that small world or small small town. Right, like here, everyone isn't you know? suspicious of each other. I feel like yeah. anytime you're around football, everyone's acting oh, like yeah. they're guarding state yep. state secrets and it's covert and right. hiding signals. And, the, and they're and like as if they're you know reinventing the wheel every week. Yeah, everybody's like mad at each other, you know, in some way too. There's like you know, it's I find in football, you know, and some coaches are different, but there's a lot of coaches and like Jim Harbaugh gets flagged for this a lot because. Jim Harbaugh does, and admittedly so, like doesn't have very many friends in coaching. Right. He just doesn't. He has a few, um, but he doesn't have a ton. And like he's always been sort of like open about that, and like kind of laughs about it. You know, he's like, I don't have a ton of friends. My dad, my brother, and right. a few other guys. But if I really look at it, like I look at other coaches too, and I'm like, they don't have any friends. Like they don't, they don't either. Sure. I mean, it's like they have a few, but nothing, nothing seems to be tying these guys together other than like, you know, they respect each other on the level of if. You know, this guy can coach, that guy can coach, I respect that, but we ain't hanging out. You know, that's kind right. of what it is. Uh, I think younger coaches maybe have more of that because they're trying to network and mm-hmm. they're trying to, you know, and I think that's how those friendships maybe become, um, you know, you hear stories about they go to that coach's convention, they have the same kind of one that basketball mm-hmm. does. And, you know, people, you know, will stick together and, and try to help each other and those types of things. I think that's a communal type thing. But when it comes down to going after it, it's, there's no... Uh, they turn it all off when the season starts. Right. There's no, like, we're going to be friends all week, and then when the game starts, we're going to turn it no, They turn it off the minute it starts. It's more uh, it's more intense, yeah. I mean, that's... And then what we go through, I guess, would be... Yeah, I mean, it's nothing really for... Not that Michigan doesn't do it anymore, but Michigan State does, and maybe they're one of the last few, but it's not a, as big a deal for a college basketball team to open a locker room up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it would be unheard of here for Michigan's football team or yeah. Michigan State's football team to open the locker room up for actually a number of reasons that I, you know, co- you know, they're self-created and it's their own fault, but like, I understand why they don't do it. Right. You know, when you credential 500 people and you, you, you don't draw a line ever at who does, who needs to be there and who doesn't, and you open the locker room up, you're, you're asking for a disaster. Yep. You know, I mean, if you open the locker room up to a select number of people who are professionals who are there to do their job and are going to be professionals about it, and not troll the locker room for hot take tweets, yeah. then, you know, I can see where it wouldn't be a big deal. But, like, if, if that's, you know, in college, you have to be kind of careful of that, right. you know, because they're kids. Right. Um, and that's difficult, so I understand it, but it is kind of their own doing where it's like, you know, because when they graduate or when they decide to go to the NFL, they enter a situation where the NFL locker rooms are open four mm-hmm. times or five times a week, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they have to, talk, you know, they don't have to, but, like, People are in there, you know, so yeah. um, it's something that maybe, they, you know, you could do a better job of getting them used to it. But I understand why they don't, and it's their own fault why they, you know, why yeah. the situation is what it is. I mean, overall, you're right. It's Football is way harder to cover than basketball, except the only two things that I'd be like, you know, basketball's... Well, basketball, you have to make it interesting, man. There's, there's a lot of game. you know, it is, yeah. it's a long season, especially when you're covering, you know... Big Ten, and it's yep. you're going from these just cold ass icebox towns. All in the dead of winter is is rough, but and the harder part, happens. yeah, the harder yeah. part is you get twelve guys, mm-hmm. and people care about maybe five or six of them. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's three assistants, there's one head coach, there's just very f- there's there's fewer subjects. 
to write about. You know, in football, there's this mass pool of guys who will be a guy on the team for four years and no one ever hear about him. He right. makes one play as a senior, and suddenly yeah. you get to write his life story. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't. You really have to pick your spots when it comes to right. covering basketball of when you write what about which players. Mm-hmm. And that's like something that interesting you learn in time. Yeah. <laughs> in time. I, yeah. I've, I wasted a lot of bullets very early uh, in, earlier in my career uh, <laughs> writing these just massive pieces about guys at the complete wrong time. <laughs> yeah. And then they would you know, go and do something about, oh, shit, I have nothing, <laughs> yeah. I have nothing else to say. See yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Get a little better with age. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, for sure. What do you got? Uh, Scott says Auburn nine and three, USC eight and four, Texas seven and five, Tennessee seven and five, FSU six and six, Miami six and six have all won national championships since Michigan's last national title. Shouldn't one of the metrics for Wolverines for the Wolverines program be comparisons to non-Buckeye football peers? I don't. Uh, I get. I mean, I guess I'm not really sure what we're going at with that one. Um, if we're gonna make a national title a metric for Michigan's football program, I think it's gonna be flawed. And it's not gonna be. It's what's the point? They haven't had one since '97. Right. That's a long time ago. I don't know why. And and like, there's probably more questions in here to discuss about this sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten a lot of questions this week from podcasts and things that I've you know radio stuff or whatever that I've, I've done. And there's this notion that Michigan, I'm not saying Scott says, says this, but some have right. said, like, well, Michigan's just the second best program in the Big Ten. They can't beat Ohio State, so we'll just have to deal with it. And my response to that has been, well, they're not the second best team this year. They were 9-3. and three. They mm-hmm. lost in embarrassing fashion to Wisconsin and, you know, kind of vomited on themselves for a half at Penn State mm-hmm. and let those get away. So maybe that can be the next goal is I think if you want to compare them to anybody, it'd be Wisconsin and Penn State. That's what they need to be compared to. Right. So when Scott's saying Auburn, USC, I mean, that's fine. You can look at all those if you want. But I, for me, the comparison would be Penn State is the best because that's who Michigan recruits uh, as identical to. I would mm-hmm. compare them to Penn State. I would compare them in some ways to Wisconsin, but Wisconsin does have the benefit of uh, being in the easier division. And and Penn so, State is... I think Penn State is... is similar in a lot of ways. It's a program that similar. thinks that they should be competing well, for national championships, not just Big Ten championships, yeah. that has an overwhelming history of success and, you know, yeah. lots of ghosts from the past that kind of can cloud, I think, yeah. people's image of what they are and where, you know, I don't know, what the possibilities are, like sure. what rational hope they have of, of doing what on a yearly basis um Penn St- it's definitely Penn State yeah that's it's, the, it's that's the proxy. Yeah. maybe Scott's thing here is he's trying to get at is like there's some cautionary tales in here about starting over all the time mm-hmm. you know Texas Tennessee Tennessee is a my god hilarious disaster it's yeah. like sad it is sad. it's not even hilarious it's sad <laughs> Florida State is also you know like spiraling out of control firing guys in the middle of their second year for mm-hmm. god's sake for reasons that, you know, maybe aren't all football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami has got some, you know, I don't know. Miami is weird, right? Like, it's one of these places that burns real hot or just is gone. So, I mean, right. I get it. But, like, Texas restarting a bunch. SC, maybe that's why SC decided to stick with Clay Helton. And then Auburn, everybody wants to fire Gus Mills on every day until he beats Alabama. So, maybe that's what he's kind of going at there is the, you know, maybe one day we all need to realize that the coaching carousel needs to take a, Needs to take a little bit of a break, you know. Maybe no people doubt. need to be able to 
sit in their jobs for a little bit longer mm-hmm. without this just mass irrational panic that is, you know, I mean, it's a fan thing, but it's also driven by a large swath of the media scape in every one of these markets where, you know, I mean, you know, you got somebody on the radio or somewhere writing that everyone mm-hmm. needs to be fired every 30 seconds and it's just like, sometimes they're right, but, you know, we don't need to do that on every single coach yeah. that gets hired within 15 minutes. Yeah. And when the guy gets hired, we don't need to write, he better win a title here in three years or all. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and that's what happens. And it's like, so that's dumb. I mean, for lack of a better phrase. So I get that part of it too. Maybe that's what he's going for. Well, and it's also this, you know, there there's only going to be one team that wins a national championship well, every correct. year, yeah. right? And the amount of places that um, I think have this innate ability to... <coughs> repackage reality on a yearly basis and never be able to like look back and be like, didn't we just do this last year? Oh, yeah, like, crazy. we're talking about competing for a national championship right now. This is what we were talking about last year yeah. at this time. And then we went seven and five. And, and like, like, how far we've are we done this the last right. 10 years in a row. It's like, well, maybe it's time to yeah. stop. Like, I don't know, thinking about that. And this is like going back to Tennessee, mm-hmm. like when my time there, cause it was like eerily similar yeah. where every freaking August They'd be like, oh, well, this is it. This is it. They got it. You yeah. know, they're about to turn the corner, and it, you know. they'll do it next year. They went seven and five. That's like a good year now at Tennessee, right? Or like a positive step, right? After in the yeah. beginning of the year, they were ready to fire Pruitt right. when they lost to whoever the hell they lost Double to. Couple teams, right? They looked like trash early on, and um, yeah. you know they were ready to run Pruitt out in week three, right? And I'm not, I don't know if he, this guy's any good, but it's like, yeah. okay, they've done this. Lane Kiffin to Derek Dooley to. Butch, yeah, to prove know. it. And then, you know, they had these coaching searches too, where they find out that nobody wants the job. That's the big thing, right? Now. And like, yeah. I wonder if, like, we'll see what happens with Florida State. Is another one where it's been interesting. Like, I think they're waiting until after the championship weekend, so maybe they'll end up having a good spot. But like, Arkansas just mm-hmm. fired their Chad mm-hmm. Morris in like the second year, I think. I don't mm-hmm. even know if he made the third year. Who? Mm-hmm. Anybody lining up to take that Arkansas job? I, I don't with that Walmart money, but that's about it. Uh, Mizzou, Mizzou <laughs> fired uh, its coach. Yeah. Anybody lining up for that one? I mean, you got to you got to wait for Florida State to fill its spot, and Florida State's an attractive job still. SC's going to stand pat, but like that's the other thing that comes up. It's just like like Tennessee went up with uh, Florida and I think Nebraska in the in was it last two years ago when they hired Pruitt when they hired Pruitt yes and quickly discovered that. You know, the bells of the ball that year were... I mean, maybe it was in, even Texas. Because, like, Tom Herman, I think, may have mm-hmm. gone to Texas that year. And, like, Ed Orgeron, Orgeron ended up taking that LSU job and sticking there as an interim. And then, you know, it was like Dan Mullen. Okay, well, he's going to go to Florida because he's been at Florida before. Scott Frost was the hot name. He's going to go to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, Tennessee, uh, you missed on everybody. <laughs> you missed on everybody. So now what? Right. And, you had, and they had no idea what to do. And, you know, the ADs out there... Look like an idiot. I mean, just mm-hmm. getting his ass kicked mm-hmm. every day. And the fan base wants John Gruden. John Gruden! You know, and it's like... <laughs> and then, you know, they tried to hire... What was it? They tried to hire Greg Schiano, and then yeah. the fan base revolted yep. and blocked the hire. And then and then I think, like, they tried to hire Mike Leach, and that got screwed up. And then they tried to hire the guy from NC State, who's like a 500 coach, and that got screwed up. So they end up hiring, and maybe Jeremy Pruitt's going to be a great coach, but they end up hiring a defensive coordinator from Alabama... Who Nick Saban was like, you can't have him until I'm done with him winning my national championship, Tennessee. That was an under, 
under-talked-about <laughs> point that year that I don't think anybody focused on enough. It's like, aren't they supposed to be rivals with Alabama? Yeah, right. It's like, no, we're taking and the coach. And Alabama's like, you can't have your next head coach until I say so. Yeah. It was like the all-time, like, what the hell's Incredible. going on here? Incredible. So careful what you wish for on some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And careful thinking that it could never happen to you. Because I got news for you. It could happen to you. And I'm talking about Michigan folks, mm-hmm. and maybe even Michigan State folks to a degree. Like, you know, for both. I mean, Michigan State, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that I heard a lot of folks this year, like, get him out, get D'Antonio out of here, we want to get go get Luke Fickle. Which, you know, fair enough. Luke mm-hmm. Fickle's going to have some choices. Sure. Right? So, I mean, sure. you don't know. I mean, you don't know for sure what will happen. But then when you get beyond the first choice, it's like, yeah, I mean, what? It gets that's really kind tough. of the interesting part about this question it's is really that tough. you could certainly make the case, and not a lot of people would want to hear this, but you could certainly make the case that like a place like Michigan, especially you know without a Harbaugh, who like yeah, look at least he's going to still get some dudes, and they'll sure. they'll win nine or ten a year. I think. What if they hadn't gotten like, Jim Harbaugh? I don't see. I don't. I don't ever see Harbaugh like dipping to a point of like no, you know, Michigan sucking. Yeah, like, like we've seen some of these other massive places kind of go through. What if they hadn't gotten him after? But like. Right. Like, you can make the case that Michigan is far closer to being Tennessee than it is to being Ohio State. You can make, right in the middle you can make the case yeah. that Michigan State is far closer oh, to being geez. Illinois than yeah. it is to being Penn State. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or they're at least in the middle of it, you know, yeah. right, in the, right on the fence. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, what if they, what if Harbaugh had said no, and then they would have ended up, maybe they, maybe they end up hiring somebody who just was a flash and... Mm-hmm. You were one bad hire away from real, real bad stuff. So I mean, you know, I get it. I get that whole thing. And yeah, I do. I do think. I mean, when it's, when something's broken, it's broken, and and that's fine. You know, move on. I mean, everybody can generally agree when something's, you know, beyond repair. But mm-hmm. I think that sometimes that clock gets started way too fast. And um, I know there's a lot of money involved and everything else. But you know, sometimes I just wish people would settle down a little bit and just right. see what happens. You know, and, and that you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like like Clay Helton's going to get his job for another year. And I'm sure he's going to sit there and work under just ridiculous pressure every single day. Mm-hmm. And maybe he deserves that, but I mean, maybe maybe he maybe it works too, you know. I don't I mean, who's to say, right? Right. So, I don't know. Next question. Um all right, this one's from uh our boy Nezzy. All right. Uh <laughs> had you ever seen somebody get posterized on a finger roll prior to last night? Okay, so let's talk about this. <laughs> oh, was that the Duke game? Yeah. Okay. Nessie. Um, <laughs> also wait. a big Duke hater. Nessie must have uh, really enjoyed oh, it's a good point. watching that game. That's a good point. Um, all right. I want to talk about Foster Lawyer for a second. Well, set the scene if anyone didn't see it. If you right. well, it's just, it is the worst <laughs> clip ever. Um, like for some reason. rolled stepped all, on even, it. Even. He, got follow- he, drew- he followed him? Is that what it was? He was called for a foul. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Go ahead. But, I mean, even more egregious than the play was the fact that they were running a dribble handoff from Rocket Watts to Foster Lawyer 35 feet from the basket, <laughs> which is beyond me of why that's even a thing. But I want to actually talk about Foster Lawyer. Yeah. And it's and it kind of goes into the idea of what we talk about a lot. And mm-hmm. the people versus what you like to call video game characters. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I... Like, busting balls, man, I'm all for it, right? I don't get, and this is specific to Foster Lawyer, I don't get the absolute delight that a lot of people get in mocking this guy, making fun of this guy. Like, it's probably because mean, like, mean shit. Oh, no, I don't get it. 
Um, I mean, I think I know where it maybe he, comes from. You know, he's like a 19-year-old no, college, right. and, and this isn't just a Nezzy. I mean, I get that Nezzy's making a joke, but, like, yeah. it, there are a lot of people that I see this from that, like, should know better. Yeah. Like, adults who have <laughs> large audiences and voices, and it's just, like, just constantly, yeah. like, picking on this guy, yeah, right. and it's, like, I don't know, sometimes it's, like, kind of funny, and other times I think it just kind of tips over yeah. that line where I'm, like... Is this really what we're doing here? Yeah, like, right. it's he's a 19-year-old sophomore at Michigan State. Is it? It's not his fault that, like, Michigan State offered him a scholarship. It's also not his fault that he won that, Mr. Basketball and over a year sh- point guard. Right. Okay. I mean, it's not. Guy scored a guy, yeah. damn And, and it's irrelevant also, by it's the irrelevant. way. Yeah, it's, it's irrelevant. And I think that's where a lot of it comes and from. And it's, it's, it's him. It's, it's, right. it's constantly on him. I see it way more... Um, just on this because he won Mr. Basketball and David DeJulius didn't yeah that's it and I'm sure there's like Michigan fans rolling their and eyes at this like David DeJulius like, could probably give a damn <laughs> you know like you know, right that's always my favorite part yeah it's like <laughs> neither guy in the in the arena here cares about your petty you know whatever yeah I'm, I'm sure there are like Michigan fans rolling their eyes at this but like if anyone talked about one of their players the way that people talk about Foster Lawyer right. they'd be calling human rights lawyers It'd be bad. like <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't be good. Because <laughs> it does. I think it gets nasty when it, when it comes to him, and I just don't... I don't get it. No, I don't There's get it my either. rant. There's yeah. my holier-than-hell rant for the day. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Next match. Moving on to ball here. Uh, I'm sorry. I skipped Scott Bell's question of whether or not I miss him. Uh, Do you? I don't. Okay. I don't miss you, Scott. <laughs> I don't miss our mailbag conversations. <laughs> But I got your question on the podcast. There you go. Um, no, Scott's fine. Uh, Paul, assuming that Cesar Ruiz enters the NFL draft, uh, which he believes is a serious risk for Michigan, uh, who will be playing on the offensive line next season? And given the need for the defensive line beef, are there any potential defensive line grad transfers Harbaugh would pursue until his recruiting catches up? Um, yeah, so I think Ruiz is certainly one of the guys uh, in this pool of guys here that we'll probably talk about or see with Michigan over the next month or a couple weeks that I would assume will have a decision to make. It's mm-hmm. interesting because Michigan's uh, looking at possibly playing Alabama in the Citrus Bowl, which I think Ooh, boy. a lot of people are like, hard pass, bro. <laughs> Let's just sit it out or, play, you know, like whatever. And I guess I understand that. Um, is that but so, is that something that, like, Ward, I don't even know how this stuff think, works. Can they well, be like, okay, no, well, thank you. How about this? Michigan jumps ahead of its bowl slot, like, every single every year. Because it's a TV draw. Right. Well, when you jump ahead of your bowl, because they should be playing in the Holiday Bowl against like USC or Washington, mm-hmm. a nice comfortable game. But you want to jump ahead of your bowl slot every other year, <laughs> you're going to have to play somebody else who's also worthy of jumping bowl slots. And in this case, it sure looks like it's going to be the Tide, who brutal. We'll also probably have some guys sitting out, but we'll also have some awesome players playing. <laughs> and which brings me to my point about Caesar, where it's like for guys like that. And I saw that yesterday. Um, Josh Uche is, he also declared for the draft. Um, he would have had a fifth year if he wanted one, but is going to go and, t- and test it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to play in the bowl game. And, you know, when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, if you draw Bama and you're Josh Uche or Cesar Ruiz, let me go against Alabama. Put that on tape. Sure. I think that that actually, this might be a case where it might even behoove some of these guys if they draw Alabama. Mm to go, you know, be like, hey, I'll put that on tape. That's I got tape against Ohio State and tape against Alabama. I don't know how how individual they looked in those settings or those moments, but if you right. get seven highlights from those two opponents, 
pretty good. But no, I mean, back to the question. I mean, if he does in fact go, which I think will be, I'm not sure what he'll do. Um, that'll hurt. Uh, I don't think it'll be a disaster for them. Um, it won't be good because if you have a senior center back, that helps a lot because you're going to lose two guards and a left tackle. Mm. But they also bring back Jalen Mayfield, who started all year at right tackle. Ryan Hayes, who started half the year anyway, or the first quarter at left tackle. Um, and some younger players who are ready to go. Andrew Vastardis was the backup center. They really like him. He'll be a veteran. Steven Spinellis has also snapped another veteran. So I think they're in a better position than they've been if they mm-hmm. lose him. But I'm, I'm as interested as any as in some of these guys if they decide, if they get Bama. It's like, you know, otherwise, it's like, they played Florida last year, and Florida's solid, but... You know, it wasn't like this. I mean, it wasn't going to be anything that was right too over the top. I, I do wonder if that would impact anybody's decision, or or maybe it impacts them to say I'm not playing because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not putting myself on tape against Alabama. So that'll be interesting to see too. Mm-hmm. What you got? You got a line on that game? Tied Michigan. <laughs> I mean, plus well, two is not playing, right? So you got that. But everybody Alabama else given twenty. I think it would be 17, you know. I think it would be 14 to 20. 14, maybe. I'll, I'll open up an account and I'll take the tide. Thank you. Um, so. That's something anybody, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like that's that's uh, the most likely scenario today as we sit. So those things change a lot, though. Next one. Dan asks, uh, for who's your favorite Otis non-K9 division? So you have Redding, Otis Day. Oh jeez, Otis Thorpe. Otis Redding, Otis Day, Otis Thorpe, Otis. Th- the elevator guy who has his name on all the elevators. Otis, it says. Okay. If you ever noticed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't mention it, but I'll I'll add Otis Nixon. It's the only other one. Otis I can think Nixon. Of. Otis Thorpe was a piston for a minute there he when was. they were like in a half revival. I want to say. Otis Redding, Otis Day. Otis Thorpe was just one of those dudes who like I don't know if he scored like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Otis Thorpe. I think there on that one. Really? He was a he was like a. Guy who played in the league for a long time and just always seemed to have a job. Probably never made a shot. And I probably didn't respect four it. feet from the basket. No, but I probably didn't respect it when I was that age. But you look at that now and you're like, that guy. How many years do I think that guy just played? Just one the of those dudes. Just like Tree played. Rollins, yeah. like a guy like that. You're just like... played for like a thousand teams. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably made a fortune, right? Like, he, what is Otis? Is he still alive? He's still alive. That's good. Six nine two forty five. Went, got into the league in 84 and wrapped it up in 01. Nice. <laughs> Pretty good career. Yes. I'll go to Thorpe. Played for 100 teams. Just That's awesome. Yeah, Tree Rollins. 14 Tree points Rollins played. Guy. I don't know why I'm looking up Tree Rollins, but he played from 97 or 77 to 95. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and Otis Thorpe, 14 points a game, uh, career, career number. So not a, not, a, not a slug. One of those guys who was good enough to keep getting traded. Mm-hmm. Had know? some value. And not be like yeah in the tank. He was like a piece of the trade, yeah. My answer would definitely be Otis Day. All right. You guys mind if we dance with your dates? <laughs> um, but shout out to Otis Nixon. That catch, Otis I Nixon. catch on I yeah. catch on Andy Van Slyke in 92 was sick. <sighs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Right. We're going to take a quick break there <laughs> at that point. Uh, this will wrap up the free portion of the show. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, please do so. I think this is still free t-shirt week. Yes. Cyber week. If you yes. subscribe a gift to a friend... Uh, so if you are a subscriber, you can you can buy one for a friend. Um, I'm not sure if you still got the prices and the deals on any athletic store. You just click on it, and uh, they'll give you that. And I think you get a free T-shirt this week, too. So if you aren't a subscriber yet, check that out. If you are a subscriber, hang with us really quick. and we'll be right back on the other side 
with the rest of this week's show. I was born and raised The place where I